The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Hey, Grove Church, welcome to church today. I am so excited you're here. And if you don't know me, my name is Jen. I'm the Connections Pastor here, and I'm so excited to share with you in the next part of our series, Enemy at Work. When I look back over the messages that we've had so far during this series, I see a common theme, and that's that the enemy loves to take advantage of our brokenness. We all have brokenness. We can't deny it because we live in a fallen world. It's expected. So when we hear sermons or messages like Aaron's that, you know, talk about um, our self-worth and doubting what God says, it's like the enemy is just right there ready to knock on our door and be like, hey, I see that you don't value yourself and you're doubting everything God ever told you. How would you like to look at my wide array of reasons why that's exactly true? Or when you're, you're, you're struggling in a relationship, he's right there to help continue to sever it. Or like when Nick spoke about last week, you're hungry, you're tired, you're not acting like yourself. I can guarantee you the enemy is not there to hand you a Snickers bar. He's here to take advantage of our brokenness. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a liar and the father of lies. His lies lead to anxiety and hopelessness, but it's truth that's gonna set us free. I read something Christian author Chris Cipollone wrote that says that Satan is in the background of our lives, sowing lies and deceit. He loves to take advantage of what's already broken, seeking to cause further damage. He is actively at work, accusing us of our past sin and telling us that we're worthless. Satan uses our warped sense of reality to drive us deeper into lies that we're already believing. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I want to talk to you about exactly that. About a warped sense of reality that leads to anxiety. I'm no counselor, I'm not a mental health expert, I'm nothing of that except for someone who has struggled with anxiety, and I've actually also been diagnosed with complex PTSD. Anxiety, for me anyway, is exactly what I just read. It's a warped sense of reality, and Satan is definitely ready to use that against me. We're gonna land on a a piece of scripture here, and you're gonna hear it about four or five times throughout the message in different ways. But I believe that you're gonna walk away today having it already memorized. And so that's an extra perk of today's message. But what we're gonna go to is John 8, 31. And in the message version, it says this. Then Jesus turned to those who had claimed to believe in him. And he said, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you're my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will free you. Later in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's saying, follow me, believe me. You'll know the truth. It'll set you free. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for giving us the truth and a way to freedom. You don't leave us powerless, You don't leave us defenseless. You have provided a way. 
God, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to what the Holy Spirit has for us today. And I thank you for the great honor and privilege it is to teach your people here at the Grove Church. I pray that I would honor you and that I would not lead anyone astray, that your Holy Spirit would work through me and my heart would be right before you. I offer this to you and we give you our Sunday in Jesus' name, amen. My story toward anxiety started at five years old. I struggled about whether to share my story with you or not, but when we're talking about an enemy at work, the first step to winning is to bring things to light. Megan Monterosa, who is Nick's assistant here at the Grove Church, just wrote about it in our Life and Limb blog. And if you don't know what that is, our church recently started a blog, and it is fantastic. Like, the content is so good. I'm happy to plug it right now. You just find it at grove.church, hit that media button, and you'll see Life and Limb blog. You've got to read it and check it out. But the reason I struggled is because it started with a not fun introduction into the spiritual realm, my story. When I was five years old, I shared a room with my sister. We had bunk beds, and I slept on the top. And back then, we had um, popcorn ceilings. So I remember scraping it. I'd love to make it snow in my bed. My parents didn't love that so much, but I thought it was hilarious. But one night, I go to sleep, and I have a nightmare that I'm having a nightmare. And um, in that nightmare, I wake up and I do what five-year-olds do. I go down the hall and I get in bed with my mom and dad. But normally when you go, you know, a little kid runs into mom and dad's room, they put, you know, the kid in between them in the bed and everybody goes to sleep and everything's fine. For whatever reason in this dream, my dad set me between him so I'm on the edge of the bed and his nightstand. My parents fall asleep, I'm wide awake, and all of a sudden a snake a serpent shows up on my dad's nightstand and is ready to strike. Right then, I woke up. I woke up out of dreaming about having that dream and the dream. I'm now completely in reality, and guess what? My five-year-old self is totally frozen. Clearly, I can't get in bed with my parents. That's not going to work. The dream just showed me that. As I laid there frozen, staring at my popcorn ceiling, I audibly heard someone laughing at me. A male, mean, and scary voice. It was as clear and real as you're hearing me talk to you right now. Now, nothing like that has ever happened to me since. I'm not one of those, like, people who know me know that I'm actually very practical. I'm not like a heebie-jeebie weirdo. So take what you want from that story. If you don't believe me, fine. If you're just thinking, hey, I'm five, who knows what was going on, fine. But I'm telling you it happened, and it is my story. And it is what started my struggle, my lifelong struggle with anxiety. From that night on, I struggled with these nightmares until I was 18. And through time, I would, because I was so scared, attempt getting into bed with my parents. But it was always like, well, is that even going to help, you know? The lie I heard and believed from that young age was, I'm not safe. There is nothing I can do to protect myself. And that I'm not safe 
played throughout my life in various ways. We all probably, maybe not all, but a whole lot of us, have lies that we're believing, whether we struggle with anxiety and depression or not. I like to think of it like a garden in weeds. Have any of you been working outside lately? I mean, it's springtime. It's t- I've planted like my flowers with my husband. Like, it's been great. Um, and, and so like weeds, there's these destructive things in our life that are absolutely true. They're fact. They're reality. However, the thoughts that accompany them can be absolutely false. And they keep those horrific things in your life those weeds, alive and well. The power of the mind, our thoughts, literally boggles my mind. It's unreal. I just, I I can't even like comprehend it. Our thoughts, whether resembling weeds or healthy, beautiful flowers, rule so much of our worlds. Author and radio host Earl Nightingale said this, Whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become reality. Duh! Yet we always forget. Why do we forget? Because we're, we're busy doing anything um, but planting and nourishing the truth. We're, we're standing there pointing nonstop at the horror in our hearts and our minds, heralding its existence. Look what's here, we wail. Can you believe this is happening to me? So it keeps standing tall and proud, these these thought weeds and these terrible things in our life, claiming its territory, digging its roots down deep. Now, I fully realize this isn't, you know, um, this isn't the same case for everyone. We can't always just control our little thoughts. It's not as easy as just plucking them out of our brain and starting a burn pile. Some of us have like chemistry imbalances. I actually have a little bit of that too in my story. And we need helps like medication. But what we need to also realize is there is a spiritual battle at work here. And we must remember that what we read in the beginning today, John 8, if you stick with this, with me, with the truth, it will set you free. So nourish that. Feed that. Focus on that. The problem arises when the weed is attractive. Let's face it, some weeds are kind of pretty. I like yellow. A lot of you like dandelions and you like to let them run rampant in your yard. Not me, but some of (laughs) y'all. We'll talk about that later. Um, Sometimes my thoughts, weedy buggers that they are, are kind of entertaining. It's like watching a freak show or an accident you can't turn away from. It's fantasizing almost. It's intriguing. You're just this captive audience just waiting to see what might happen. You know it's not right, but you can't look away. Not yet, anyway. Maybe these thoughts are self-harm, suicide, creating drama to anyone who will listen, leaving your family, fantasizing about someone's doom, imagining worst-case scenarios, contemplating sin, believing lies, What you already know is a lie. So you sit there, intrigued, while these thought weeds start to multiply. Then all of a sudden you're overwhelmed by them. They're killing your favorite plants and it takes a lot more work to get rid of them and you realize it is not worth it. 
it's best to shut them down at the get-go, best to take them captive and make them submit. I don't know how you weed your garden, but a popular approach is to pull them as soon as you see them. Step out onto your porch to grab that Amazon package before your spouse sees it <laughs> and notice a little intruder in your pansy pot. We'll talk about the Amazon situation later. But you see the intruder in your pansy pot? Take it out, grab it right away. That's the approach that I try to take with my thought weeds. Remember, no matter what's real in your life and what lies are attaching themselves to your reality, because Satan loves to take advantage of brokenness, remember, your kid may be sick. Maybe you can't pay the bills. Your friend might not be talking to you, and who knows if they ever will again. Lies may appear so very true. Your world may literally be crumbling around you. But what else is true? What's right right now? What's admirable? What's praiseworthy in the midst of all of this? Yes, life can suck, but the life giver brings hope and a promise of a new reality that our purpose is not this world. There's something ahead for us. This world was never the point or the plan. Feed the hope. Focus on that promise of a better future. If we stick with Jesus, this Jesus life, live out what he tells us, we'll experience the truth and it will set us free. The reason I say that I was set free from nightmares when I was 18 or so is not because I don't have them anymore, but because my mom finally opened my eyes to some solid truth. I had another nightmare and I went to her room to tell her about it at about 18 years old. Like, I'm an adult now, people, like late teens. <laughs> and she said, Jennifer, you have got to go down there and fight. God is with you. She was telling me, you guys, that I claim to follow Jesus. I've lived out what he says. I've experienced truth. Now I've got to let it set me free. So I went back down to my room. I'm laying in bed, thinking about what my mom just told me. And it dawned on me that I've always thought I'm not safe and have no power to resist Satan because for some reason, I thought that I have to speak out loud and rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And believe me, there's power in the name of Jesus. But what would happen when I thought that is that in my dream or in my mind, I would suddenly go mute and not be able to speak. So once again, unsafe. But my mom reminded me, God is with me. So then it popped into my head. I was so thankful in that moment that my that a youth pastor was having me memorize scripture because it popped into my head, Exodus 4, 11 and 12, a verse I memorized because of him. Who made man's mouth, the deaf, the dumb, the seeing or the blind, hath not I the Lord? Therefore go forth and I'm going to teach you what to say. And I fully realized that he was talking to Moses in that moment because um, Moses was throwing out all the excuses why he can't talk to the Israelites. But what I heard, God created the mute. Why would he ever leave them powerless? 
It does not matter that I have no voice or if I have no voice. Remember I said I'm a little bit more practical. So rebuking, rebuking Satan or resisting him like we hear about in James 4, 7, this is more of a resisting. And resisting, honestly, you guys, it's as simple as disagreeing. Resisting is disagreeing. We resist by realizing it's a spiritual battle and that we gotta disagree with what's in front of us and bring in the truth by reading, memorizing, reciting, praying the truth, scripture, scripture is the truth. And in so doing, these thought weeds are ripped out and the good stuff is watered and fertilized. When I realized through that Exodus passage that God created me and has empowered me, a peace washed over me. I feel it right now. In that time, you guys, I was the one laughing because I got it now. I understood. The truth set me free. What kind of weeds have you left to the, their own devices in your mind? What are the good things in your life that you miss because those weeds are choking them out? What are you gonna do about it? Well, today is Mother's Day and I'm a mom so I'm going to be yours today. I'm going to tell you what to do about it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what to do about it. You are going to go to your room <laughs> and you're going to write down and confess in prayer the weeds that you've let run wild. You're going to remind yourself of the beautiful things in your life that are being choked out by these thought weeds. You're going to put truth inside of you. You're going to memorize um, scriptures like Philippians 4, 8, write these down. 2 Timothy 1, 7, and my very favorite verse of all times, Hebrews 11, 1. Then every time a thought weed comes, you're going to resist it by disagreeing with it. And then you're going to nourish the good stuff by reciting the scripture, praying the scripture. Then Jesus turned to those who claimed to believe in him. And he said, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you really are my disciples. You will experience truth. It will set you free. Lord Jesus, God, we praise you. We thank you for truth that has set us free. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and we see it now. We are wise to the enemy's schemes. We get it now. We're the ones laughing now. God, we praise you. I pray that you would go out with us this week and that we would confess these thoughts that we have been entertaining that are contrary to who you are and what you've told us God, we, we confess and we are sorry for not believing you. We do claim to follow you, Jesus. We've seen and experienced the truth. Now we're gonna let it set us free so that we can work and honor you all the better. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.